0: Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you with you today is yours truly be cox and with me i have yet another very special guest coming into the house today we're going to get to that in just a second but first of all, we want to give a shout out to all the fans out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to push the numbers up and for spreading the word. We can't say thank you enough to all of you out there, especially the fans out there stateside, all across the states and in North America, and of course, all of our fans in the Caribbean and Africa and Europe, Asia, Australia. Thank you all for all of the seven continents, or well at least the six that are inhabited, and across all the oceans here on the world for continuing to give the vault all the success that we We've enjoyed. We definitely appreciate y'all for pushing the word out there. It's summertime out there, y'all. We want to make sure everybody's enjoying and having a safe summer. So continue to spread the word. You can visit us on our website. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Vaultclassicpod.com. Go there to learn about the show, view the back episodes. Go ahead and leave us a review and make sure that you spread the word for that website and also the show out there every Monday, a new show. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics of MBTC. And today, as I mentioned before, we have yet another special guest here to break down another album for us here today. You heard her earlier on an episode on The Vault for a TLC review. We're welcoming back Charlie D of the Word to the Mother podcast here on the show. We decided to chop it up once again, and here's how the conversation went. And joining us here once again in The Vault, We'd like to welcome her back to the show once again. You know, y'all, once you come to the show, you're not just a friend of the show, you're family of the show. And we've had a few people stop by who we consider family, and we're considering her family now. You heard her on our review earlier this year for TLC's Ooh on the TLC Tip as it turned thirty. You know, she was a TLC super fan, still is a TLC super fan. And she has a super dope podcast, as we mentioned in our intro, Word to the Mother podcast. Y'all make sure y'all check that out on wherever you can find podcasts out there. It's a retrospective podcast on hip hop and R&B in the 1990s. And of course, you know, we love that here at the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast. So we'd like to welcome back to the show our family, none other than the incomparable charlie d of the word to the mother podcast charlie how's it going
1: thank you so much for that warm introduction It's going well i'm I'm excited to be back and talking about another soundtrack or album that i absolutely love and have lots to share in on it so i'm excited to be back
0: yeah well we're glad to have you back like i said the episode that we did with tlc I remember one of my friends talked to me and said it sounded like y'all were having a ball on there I was like we were <laughs> yes, you know we were. that wasn't scripted that was just a really in, raw energy we talk about finding your people when you find your people especially in the podcasting space and y'all click on a level that's the type of energy that you get so we're glad exactly. to have you back exactly Exactly. so today's topic and we I like to talk about this now earlier this year Charlie we did a review of the movie juice that turned 30 earlier this year in January
1: Everybody- yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So that was the movie, obviously, you know, with Tupac Shakur, Omar right. Epps, Khalil Kane, Jermaine Hopkins, Samuel L. Jackson, just to name a few people, Cindy Heron, Queen Latifah, Flex, all these different other hip hop personalities. And we didn't talk so much about the soundtrack. We talked more about the movie because the movie was a cultural force. Well, we're mm-hmm. going to cover another soundtrack in particular but we're going to talk a little bit about the movie as well and for those who were out and around during this time this was really the era we felt like the movies particularly in black culture i felt like though the movie and the soundtracks really complemented each other well and so we have one that does just that today Mm -hmm. so we're going to go back 30 years ago and we're going to go back to june 30th 1992 and we're going to go back and look at the soundtrack of the movie boomerang yes the movie boomerang Starring none other than one of the, as I like to call him, one of the kings of comedy, true kings of comedy, Eddie Murphy. And Mm -hmm. this was a a period in a time where Eddie Murphy, starting out in the late to mid to late 80s into the 90s, everything that he was doing was absolute gold. And so capitalizing on this period, he was starring in this movie, Boomerang, directed by Reginald Hudlin, on a screenplay by Barry Blotstein and David Sheffield. This starred Eddie Murphy along with... Two very fine ladies and wonderful actresses, the incomparable Academy Award winning Halle Berry, and then also the incomparable Robin Givens, also co starring David Allen Greer, a very early role as well for Martin Lawrence, before he, but right around the same time, I would say, when he was getting ready to start his television show. Uh It also had guest appearances and starring roles and co starring roles by the likes of Grace Jones, who also was on the soundtrack. By the late, great, legendary Eartha kit uh. Chris Rock, Tisha Campbell, Layla Rashawn, and the late, great, Pops. John Witherspoon. Yes. So, so, yes. And, and so we, we talk about these films, Charlie, and now we're going to get into the soundtrack. We're really here to cover the soundtrack, but mm, you cannot right. talk about the soundtrack without first talking a little bit about the film. And we talk about there are certain films inside of the black culture. When we go back and talk about these films back in the day, that are cultural forces and that really become like cult classics, but then eventually ascend above the cult status and become really cultural phenomenons. Mm -hmm. Boomerang was a cultural phenomenon. I mean, it was a really, really big movie because of the people that it starred. Eddie Murphy was a huge star back then just off the break. But then when you bring in talents like John Witherspoon and people like Martin Lawrence and David Alan Greer and Mm -hmm. Eartha Kitt and Tisha Campbell, and Layla Rashawn, and then you bring in Halle Berry and Robin Givens. It's like, it's, it's, it was a no-brainer for a lot of us. So, we'll go into a little bit about the movie. Now, um, I do have to ask you, this movie when it came, did you see this movie when it came out back then?
1: I saw this movie in the theater, and I have to emphasize that because I did not go to the theater that much. So I almost mm. remember between the 80s and the 90s, I pretty much remember every movie I actually saw in the theater because it was rare. Okay. But this one I actually saw in the theater and the crazy part was I saw it with my mama. Oh, wow. I don't know how that happened, but it was super <laughs> embarrassing. But oh, it, it was wow. it was very, very memorable. <laughs> I remember sitting there going, oh my goodness, we, we go in here with, this, with some of these scenes, but I did.
0: Something.
1: I wow. saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm.
0: Now me... I was 10 when this movie came out. And so I wasn't going to see this movie. First of all, my parents weren't letting me go to the movies with my sister to go see this. And then, so the, I think the first time that I saw it was actually over a homeboy's house. When uh-huh. he went, re- when, when this folks read it from blockbuster throwback, yeah. another throwback and relic of the past blockbuster. Yep. And so I went and I saw it and I was even young enough at that point to see it. But I mean, at that point in, Years I was watching stuff I had probably had no business watching.
1: Oh yeah, oh, but
0: yeah. you know that was the '90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, you oh, do, yeah. we That's did a lot. How we did it. We did a lot of <laughs> things that we weren't supposed to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, so but this movie, just to give you an idea, and for those of you who haven't seen the movie one, I want to tell you to go and watch it ASAP yes. because I think it's a it's something that if you're in the black culture. You have to watch this movie. It's it's definitely Absolutely. an essential film in the in the nineties. It stars, as we said, Eddie Murphy, who is a big time ad, ad exec at a company at a cosmetics Marcus company. Marcus <laughs> yeah, Marcus <laughs> Graham. So, so not only is he a big time exec, but. He's a player, uh, you know, he's a, the movie said that describes him as a womanizer and a chauvinist, but he's a player for real. He's a player, player from the Himalayas, as they like to say on Martin, ironically <laughs> enough, <did>. you know, <laughs> yeah. but you know, so Marcus is, you know, big time ad exec, his company gets bought out and then he thinks that he's going to have the top job as far as advertising is concerned, but instead loses it to, to a, uh, a female counterpart, Jacqueline. Jacqueline played by Robin Givens. Now, Jacqueline, of course, he's enamored with her, thinking that he can sort of sleep his way into being able to get into good favor, except for Marcus doesn't understand that he's dealing with the mirror image of himself. That's exactly mm-hmm. who Jacqueline is. She is Marcus Marcus in female form. Yes. She, she pretty much kind of strings him along. She knows that Marcus is into her, but kind of doesn't really pay him any mind. So, he's enamored with Jacqueline, attempting to be able to get into her good graces. Now, also take the other part of this, of this triangle in this movie, is Angela, who is a colleague of Marcus's played none other by Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. Angela, who Marcus attempts to sit up with his friend Gerard, but they don't end up hitting, each other, hitting it off. They just end up pretty much staying friends. Most of the movie is Marcus attempting to woo Jacqueline, him not paying him any mind, ignoring him, basically doing what Marcus does to women all the time. Yep. Eventually, she does give him some. And they do sleep together. And another thing about this movie, there's a thing about feet in this movie that Marcus yes. is very particular about feet.
1: He introduces the hammer toes. I mean, look, I'm not gonna cut you off because I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. But there's so many cultural references that came out of this movie. I think people forget at Absolutely. that time we were repeating and quoting these things on and on. But even today, I mean some of these things are still standing in our vernacular. He after that, men was paying attention to to toes and, and hammer feet. toes and feet. That and started with that movie. Yes. Nobody cared about yes. feet. For
0: them, yeah, so then uh, you know, Marcus attempts to f- go, you know, attempts to get Jacqueline. Then, eventually, what happens in Marcus, what Marcus does to women, he finds himself in a situation he begins to fall for Jacqueline, but then she basically is just like, you know what, we just gonna keep this with sex, and uh, you know, we gonna, it's my rules, my way or the highway, and then. What happens is that, like I said, the, the roles are reversed, hence the, the title of this movie, Boomerang. Mm-hmm. OK, everybody mm-hmm. knowing a boomerang is a tool that you throw out and then eventually it comes right back at you, which is exactly what's happening to Marcus. The whole time this is happening, though, Marcus eventually wants more with Jackson. She ends the affair and then she basically leverages her power and stuff over him. Again, part of the thing, what happens to Marcus? Now, Marcus eventually ends up spending time with Angela, and they begin to fall for each other, and then they have sex. So then now Marcus and Angela are sort of together but not really together and then he also tends to downplay it when he's talking to other people specifically when he's talking to Jacqueline and then Jacqueline and Marcus end up sleeping together so then eventually this messes things up with Angela Marcus decides that he actually has feelings for Angela she's the one that he wants and then bam they end up all together and they live happily ever after boom
1: (laughs) that's
0: a that's a five minute synopsis of what the movie is about but you have to watch it because the movie is great and like Charlie said the cultural references from this movie are ridiculous. Oh Just talking about Eartha Earth Eartha Kitt in this was absolutely hilarious. The I'm not wearing any panties. (laughs) (laughs) And then Pops, John Witherspoon playing Gerard's father. You
1: gotta coordinate. coordinate. I mean, we still. Still. Still, Oh my goodness. He was iconic in that
0: movie. He was, man. It really and so this movie actually did did really, really well. Had a budget of forty-two million dollars had a box office of $131 million, which made it a huge success. And it's a movie that even years afterwards, in our culture, when it came to rom-coms, definitely became one of the standards as far as where black rom-coms were concerned. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a great, great movie. So, of course, in those times, when you had a a great black movie, you needed a good soundtrack. And if nothing else, what the 90s did, when we delivered on great cultural movies, we also had great soundtracks. So Mm -hmm. here was another one that we had today. Now, the soundtrack of Boomerang came out the day before the movie came out, and it was recorded between March and May of 1992. It was recorded on LaFace Records, and a runtime of 55 minutes, 24 seconds. The executive producers on there, none other than Face and Reed.
1: Of course. Baby
0: Face and L.A. Reed. Other producers on this as well, Dallas Austin, Shivani and Buster, Tribe Called Quest, Kenny Vaughn, and P.M. Dawn. Now, mm. some of the people here on this album... Just to talk about some of the guest appearances. Of course, Babyface was a, was an artist on this. You also had a, a song by Johnny Gill. You had a song by PM Dawn. We'll get into that in just a second. A song by Boys to Men, we'll get into that in a second. Of but course. really, most famously, this soundtrack kind of served to everybody's introduction to Tony Braxton.
1: I know. You know? <laughs> yes. I was looking at the the lineup of the soundtrack early and I saw the poster, and I noticed all the way at the bottom it says introducing Toni Braxton, and it's just so crazy to see that Mm -hmm. and know that I I believe the the first single from this might have been her first or second single out. Mm -hmm. And to think of what she's become after that, but like this introduced the world to Toni. It's like, wow.
0: It did. It really served as a springboard for her career. Mm -hmm. And then what would happen afterwards would just be, would really take her into the stratosphere where she would become a superstar, an R&B superstar. But then you also had appearances by Keith Washington, also by Aaron Hall and Charlie Wilson, and then mm-hmm. Grace Jones, who served as the face of the cosmetics company, also had a song on here as well. And then just to close it out, songs by a Tribe Called Quest, Shanice, and Kenny Vaughan and "The Art of Love." So five singles, actually six singles for Boomerang. The first one, "Give You My Heart" with Babyface and Tony Braxton, released June fifteenth, nineteen ninety two. "End of the Road" by Boys to Men. Oh, released July 14th, 1992. And we'll get into just how epic this song was when it came out. Epic. I, I Die Without You oh. by PM Dawn. Again, another epic, epic song. Love Should Have Brought You Home by Tony Braxton. Released December 4th, 1992. Seven Day Weekend by Grace Jones and later on in the year. And then Hot Sex on a Platter by Tribe Call Quest. Released late in the year, heading really into 1993. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. Yes. First thoughts and reflections. So Charlie, we're going to get your perspective on the soundtrack for Boomerang. Just give us an idea what you thought about it when you first heard that soundtrack when it's accompanied with the film. Give us your thoughts of what you thought about the music, how you thought it correlated with the movie, and then since then what you what's your thoughts about the soundtrack now that it's been 30 years later.
1: Well, first I got to go back to the movie since they're so closely tied together and mm-hmm. say that, you know, I did my own episode on this, um, mm-hmm. for my own podcast. And I, it was when I started the podcast, I made a list of all the things I wanted to do. And in that initial list, the boomerang soundtrack was already something I knew I wanted to do because I remember in the nineties and at that time it was a huge soundtrack and almost every song that came off of that was so memorable mm-hmm. and had really huge hits. I mean, you had Tony and you had PM Dawn and you had Boys to Men, but it was a really big soundtrack. I ended up rewatching this movie, I would say in the last five years or so, because I loved it mm-hmm. in the 90s. I, I mentioned I saw it with my mom, which was interesting and a little bit cringy, but <laughs> I loved it. I, I have to say really quickly what I loved about that movie and why it ended up being so memorable for me is because when that movie came out in 92, I was about 14 ish mm-hmm. um it was the first time i saw a movie that one was all black mm-hmm. but two. i mean i already had coming to america that was that's still stands as my number one favorite black comedy absolutely. but absolutely yeah th- th- and, th- and i will put this as number two for eddie murphy but mm. what really stood out for this stood out to me from this is that not only was it all black but everybody in the movie maybe with the exception of bony t was an upwardly mobile educated yeah high-paid, professional, Absolutely. successful. The movie was just dripping black success. I mean, you had Marcus and Jack, and they live in these gorgeous penthouses. They're wearing these beautiful clothes. They're in the gym. They're at these restaurants. I mean, even when you see people pass, they look like they live in a beautiful air. The whole movie just came off as so beautiful and so accomplished and so aspirational. Mm-hmm. I will never forget when the movie first started, and I will get into that first song when the title comes in. Um, I believe that the artist's name is Marcus Miller because I was just so impressed with it. It just rolled up so smooth and mm-hmm. so cool. I remember thinking like, ooh, this look like it's gonna be good. Like it yeah. just gave like it gave me goosebumps. Like this is just it was like a whole different world than what I was seeing and what I normally see on TV. You don't normally see a, a movie that's just full of professional middle yeah. class, upwardly middle class, well to do black people. Black um people. I remember Leela Rashawn walking down the street with this girl gorgeous outfit with oh, this yeah. cream and this coat and the boots and, and all the girls I remember after oh my god I love this I love that you know they all look so successful yeah and it like I, I mentioned the word aspirational it's just like this is a world where we're all doing wonderful yeah. and that really really stuck with it to me and everybody in there that got these great jobs and they're doing these great things and have these big positions yeah It it really like stuck with me. So then when the soundtrack came out and I believe it's in the soundtrack came out the same time, I think the Tony Braxton single came out either a little bit before to give us a taste or around Mm -hmm. that time. I don't recall, but it, it was an instant hit. Yes. You know, love should have brought, I call it, I want to call it, love should have brought your ass home last night sticking <laughs> my finger in somebody's forehead because I can't, I. it's the same thing, I can't say the hey, title without seeing it. Angela with her finger. And that video used to start that way. But, yes. you know, the soundtrack came out and it was synonymous with the movie. And the movie was just, it was one of those movies when it hit, everybody was talking about it. Yeah. For weeks and in months, everybody was laughing about, quoting about, joking, referencing this movie. Yes. And so, when the videos came out, Love Should Have Brought You Home Last Night, End of the Road, Pam Dawn, they would show clips of it. Mm -hmm. The movie was great, but it wasn't just that it was great, it the thing that I still like about it is the themes in the movie they still hold up well today in 2022 yes. you can still relate to the man who's a dog that does respect women and everything and the little things that they're saying in there this movie was the first movie that introduced me to the racial it's racial it's racial, it's racial. remember that yeah, conversation in right. Martin Lawrence was having he saw yeah. about the asparagus spears versus asparagus tips it's racial, yeah. tips. Right. It's yeah. racial. like <laughs> they brought up it's stuff for the, that yes yeah. that I was the first time I heard it and it still applies today, today. so when the music that came out like I, i'm i'm in every video i'm taking all this very seriously most of these songs that came out came big hits into the role ended up being a huge huge hit i oh, think God. i did do an episode of them i think that was one of their biggest hits yes. and it was a huge introduction to tony so i was just all into the whole boomerang world the movie and the soundtrack mm-hmm. the other thing that i really loved about this movie and the soundtrack and And this is not necessarily on the soundtrack, but the movie introduced me to a couple compositions Mm -hmm. from, I would say, the score, because they're not actually on the soundtrack. But I was, like, super impressed by the music that they selected in here. It's a movie that has a lot of music. Yeah. And that's something that I naturally gravitate towards as a audio file I guess yes. um, but there were three different selections in the movie that I'd never heard before and they're not actually in the soundtrack but I was like whoa what is that and at that time not this is this is prior to the internet for some people there was no way to really look those up yeah. I was impressed by the messages of the movie and also the feel and the tone and just the, the R&B but it was just a hot soundtrack like Very. it was it, everything was rocking. But there was also some things in there that weren't 90s and then there weren't nineties and RB Being, I was like, Whoa, what is that? Including that intro song by Marcus Miller. Marcus Miller. I think it's called Boomerang. Yeah. It was just so jazzy and so smooth and it just made me feel like, wow, this is a successful, wonderful, beautiful black world. Yes, you know? Indeed. Loved it. Yes. yes. And still to this day. And yeah. you know,
0: it's it's to say something about, like you mentioned, seeing these upperly mobile middle upper middle class black yes. people at a successful company successful black owned company black faces yes. of the Everybody company and then to be able to see them be successful to live in nice houses and to have nice things and to be successful it really was at a point when we were talking about the contrast to how some films in the early 90s the way that they were like on the backdrop of movies like boys in the hood and yep. juice and menace, and menace, to menace to society, society. Mm-hmm. and fresh and the shield Where you saw the other aspect of black Mm -hmm. life that many people glorify, but isn't necessarily to be desired. But this was something that was completely different. Now, I will also say with this, in particular with the movie and then also the soundtrack this was really one of the things that what I loved about soundtracks in the 90s, in particular about these black films, is that the music, particularly the songs and the the imagery of the songs when you had the videos and then also the themes of the songs actually mirrored what was going on in the movie. So mm-hmm. when you have songs like Give You My Heart and Love Should Have Brought You Home or in your case, Charlie, Love Should Have Brought Your Ass Home Last mm-hmm. Night. There you go. Don't Want to Love You. End of the Road, I, I Die, without, I die you. without You. So these are like when the soundtracks were so closely tied to the themes of the movie. Reversal really, of a dog. Yes, yeah. exactly. Perfectly tied. Perfectly tied back to exactly how the movie was. So it's almost like you're kind of like reliving the movie through music without actually watching it. That's what I loved about the tie-in between the movies and the soundtracks back then. Also, to talk about, bring it back to the movie from a personal perspective, when you're a 10-year-old boy, I mean, it doesn't really get any better than the Holy Trinity of Halle Berry, Robin Givens, and Layla Rashawn. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you want to talk about three absolutely gorgeous and sexy women, and you're 10 years old. My gosh. And even now, those women, 30 years later, still... To this day, just absolutely stunning. Just to, yes. just to, as a as side, but the soundtrack. No, yeah,
1: I with yeah. you. I loved all of them, mm. and I remember seeing mm-hmm. Jacqueline. And we're not supposed to like Jacqueline, but yeah. as a young black woman, I mm-hmm. still remember looking at her like she was in this place of power Absolutely. she had power over him and I remember being like wow like I I liked her you know yeah. I, I looked at her looked up to her like wow you know
0: and then for some people they guess that Jacqueline's persona is aspirational to some people because it really does show a woman being empowered and not necessarily mm-hmm. beholden to a man's yes. desires for her to feel like she's the one in control she's the one who is calling the shots and what I say goes and To Marcus, he had never seen anything like that before. So, yeah, it's... And to go back to the soundtrack, to me, I... Even though I didn't see the movie, I mean, the soundtrack, I always heard because my sisters had that mm-hmm. and I had older sisters. They would buy things like this. And this was right in their wheelhouse, right in the alley of what they love to listen to. It was R&B music. It was slow jams. It was New mm-hmm. Jack Swing. It was a little bit of hip hop. It was Babyface face L.A. Reed. It was the music that they liked to produce, bringing on producers and acts that definitely fit the type of music that they wanted to do. They worked. Really, I think with these artists and the artists working with Babyface in L.A. to sort of craft this theme of the movie soundtrack that tied it back to the themes of what we were seeing in Boomerang, and I thought that was part of the genius of it, and When I watched The Art of Organized Noise, the documentary about the Organized Noise, Rico Wade, Sleepy Brown, and Ray Murray, who produced for Outkast and Goody Mob and the Dungeon Family, Mm. is that Sleepy went to go work with Babyface in L.A. before they brought them on as a production team. He went to go work with them on this, and he said when he was in the studio recording with them that... He messed around, stepped back, and then kicked out a plug out of the wall. Everything shut down. Everyone turned around and looked at him. He said he was so nervous because <laughs> it's babyface there, it's Dallas there, it's LA there. People are looking at him like, what in the hell did you just do? Or somebody get this boy up out of here. So but I, I think that even though I wasn't, I mean, was I I liked RB back then, but one of the things, even back then, I was a huge, huge boys to men fan. And so yeah. i still am a very big boys to men fan. So there were songs on here that resonated with me even at like 10 years old back then and songs that even now being 40 and 30 years later listening to them like yo these songs are really when we talk about the music of your life this is part of the soundtrack and the music of your life and while i was young back then i definitely can appreciate the music that came out because these are songs now when you play them for a certain audience, you get a certain reaction from people yeah. because you just were, like you said, you get transported when you hear classic music back to those times when that music first came out, what you were thinking, what you were feeling, who you were with, what situation you were dealing with. All those things sort of come and flooding back to you back at that moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, the thing that I loved about that, that soundtrack is that it really kind of I think it was synergistic with the movie perfect chemistry between telling the story through a movie and then telling the story through soundtrack so definitely major props there
1: Yeah, they definitely did a really good job choosing the tracks and also the score. And Like I said, there are several songs that were featured in the movie that are not on the soundtrack, and they also were really Mm -hmm. well chosen for those scenes. When I see the the scenes, I hear the song in my head, too. Um, So they did a really good job with that, putting that all together.
0: Yeah, and this was the era, like you mentioned it, during the videos that you would see the videos for these singles and you would see the clips of the movie interspersed throughout the videos. Mm -hmm. You know, and you would even and have the intros of the videos where you would hear a clip like you talked about love should have brought you home yep. with that classic scene between Angela and Marcus when he comes home after having sex with Jacqueline <laughs> again and the fight that they had so yeah it definitely brings you back to that and that's the what, thing though, I, I loved about that era I definitely love that aspect of it
1: because I see it in my head you know what do you know about love I'm sick and tired of men acting like they know what love is <laughs> love you know it. I, I see it in my head <laughs> yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yes no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right <laughs> highlights and lowlights so we're getting getting to your highlights charlie of the boomerang soundtrack just give us a few of your highlights and any lowlights if you have them
1: so my highlights okay so i have a lot of the i would what i would say is probably the typical or the assumed highlights um end of the road was a major song um i remember doing research on it and it charted for a very long time i believe it, it broke some records. That you was did. a big one. End of the Road was a really big song. Same with uh, Love Should Have Brought You Home last night. Mm-hmm. But um, I have two other highlights from that, from the soundtrack. That one is a lesser known song and one was kind of popular. The, one of them is P.M. Don's I Die Without You. And mm. I kind of have a little story that I want to share with that Absolutely. one. Or a personal anecdote with that one. So, when this song came out, I mean, the movie, soundtrack, everything was big. I had just had or was going through my first breakup. Mm. And I had mentioned this my own podcast. Originally, I, I felt sensitive about the song because when we broke up, he was actually, my my ex-boyfriend was leaving me for another girl. Mm. And so he left me for the other girl, but then he would call me up on the phone to cry about the problems they were having. It was a whole teenage dramatic thing. Yeah. And he told me that he would cry and listen to P.M. Don's I Doubt Without You. Oh, so that wow. automatically made that song Uncool in my book. So I, for the longest time, I would avoid the video, and if it came on radio, I would cut it off because that reminded me of him crying okay. over her. Yeah. But f- finally, you know, I mean, the song was so pretty, and I did see. I remember seeing the movie, and then when they show it in the movie, it's such this beautiful moment. I think they had the skyline showing. It was. A, it was. A, it was. A, it, was, a, it, was a, it was a well done scene. Yeah. Finally, I was like, I gotta just I give it up and just listen to Dagnall's song and admit. That is really a beautiful song. So it's like, I had to push aside my own feelings so I could accept the associations with the song so I could accept it and listen to it again because I had this bad association with it for the longest time. I couldn't even listen to PM Dawn, (laughs) but finally I had to let it go and had to listen to it and I I let it go. I was like, this is a beautiful song. I really like it. Forget him, forget her. They can cry, whatever. Yeah. That's definitely a highlight because it really is a gorgeous song. And I mean, from a hip hop group, it's, it's, it's not usual. They did yeah. something really, really different.
0: Mm-hmm. My
1: other highlight I have to add, because this one I don't think was an actual released single. But I remember when I saw the movie and like, oh, shucks. it is feels like heaven. Mm-hmm. And who is singing this one? Um,
0: this is Ken, that, that's what, by Kenny this Vaughn. This is Kenny Vaughn. In the Art of Love, yeah.
1: In the Art of Love, Art of Love. So this was the scene, I believe, when Marcus and Jacqueline, I think they first had sex. Mm, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I devoured that scene. Like, look, <laughs> my eyes were big, mm-hmm. jaw dropped. It just was so sexy yeah. and so cool. And it had this sort of quasi acapella sound. I was like, I lo- and I know a lot of people was like, oh, they love that song. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those songs that well after the movie was gone, I wish I knew what it was. I did I didn't actually own the soundtrack mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it. You back then you couldn't, there was no internet. So you couldn't just, you know, right. find something on YouTube <laughs> or there's no Spotify. So like once it's over and you don't actually own it, it's, it's over. And it's I didn't over. know what it was, but that really stood in my head. And, I, and when I, when I saw that scene, I heard that song, I was like, Ooh, I want to do what they do doing. <laughs> like, that was a highlight for me. Cause it was, yeah. it was completely new. It wasn't mm-hmm. a radio. It was like one of those little hidden gems. I didn't know who this artist was was and even years later i think about the soundtrack i think i feel feels like heaven yeah yeah <laughs> la mm-hmm. la. i really yeah. like that one cool oh is it my low lights now or
0: yeah go ahead if you got them yep
1: okay um i hate i hate sometimes to pull out the low lights because i feel bad. i feel like i'm disrespecting the, the soundtrack as a whole okay. that i love but if i have to choose i'm gonna have to go with the two of them Seven-day weekend with Grace Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, For one, I didn't know it was Grace Jones for the longest time. In the movie... They only play a little snippet of it. And it's mm. like a transition from one scene to another. That's mm. fine. Mm-hmm. But when I actually try to sit down and listen to the whole song, it's not the type of song where I could listen to it again. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I it's, it, it's, it's not memorable for me. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think she might have had this song prior. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, The other one, I think, is Tonight is Right by Keith Washington. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, is played... At the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. if if I'm remembering correctly, um, so. yeah. Marcus was having Jacqueline over. So I the remember dinner. he had a yeah. remote for his stereo system yeah. I think mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember that was like a big deal having remote <laughs> yeah. control of stuff and yeah. you're like ooh he got the whole and you can hear the spears all over the place I was probably uh-huh. more impressed by his apartment <laughs> but <laughs> again when I try to listen to the whole song through it's not one that's as memorable with me it was well that the little snippet they use in the movie was well done mm-hmm. but besides that it's not one it's not one of the big ones that I think about when I think about the soundtrack Yeah. so that would be it for me
0: well cool So yeah, my highlights, the obvious ones, I mean, you know, to tell you about, you know, the the ones that we all know, I mean, introduction with Tony on here, the duet that she had with Babyface "Would Give You My Heart, which is the Mm -hmm. opening track on the soundtrack, Um, a really great song. Um, This really, I think this soundtrack and the beginning of this sort of a started a very long and prosperous relationship between Tony and Babyface. And, you know, this was a, a great duo, I think a good Choice to open up the soundtrack with. um Love Should Have Brought You Home. I mean, great. And the story behind that song that they gave, the fact that Babyface and LA wrote that song originally and they had Anita Baker in mind to be able to That's sing it. right. And Anita was pregnant, so she couldn't come record it. But because Tony is the one they got to record the demo for Anita to hear, and they asked her, Well, who do you think she's singing? And she said, The girl you got on this singing there right now. Have her sing it because Tony used to look up to Anita because stylistically their voices were very similar, you know? And so she looked up to Anita. And so when Anita said you should have the girl who sung the demo sing the song, well then there you go. And these are one of the songs that, like I said, helped introduce us to Tony and uh, eventually led us to a career that would get into full swing by the next year. A little bit about these next two songs and uh, one, I die without you by PM Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one one of those songs that it's like one of those songs that you hear and I still hear now even when I'm on a quiet storm when I'm on (laughs) 96.3 and it's such a quiet storm song and what I love about this is that this is a song that 30 plus years since it's been out that this is songs now that I still hear dance to at weddings and you know I see people make video tributes with this but it's like you said it really is a really beautiful song and Mm -hmm. I know someone else who had a similar situation with your your story with you and your boyfriend how what? they had a similar like sort of the same type of feeling with this they couldn't stand this song <laughs> for the longest while so it's funny when you mention that because I was like damn I know somebody who had a similar story that that song reminded them of someone that they can't stand anymore but it really <laughs> is funny. it really is a great song it really is something like you said for a group like PM Dawn doing something different something that is a song that probably one of their well-known or best two or three best known songs out there and then, end of the road, like I mentioned to you, I'm a really big Boys to Men fan. Like, I was one of the folks that, you know, I used to, you know, props to Jodice, but back then, you know, it was sort of like, you know, you had people back then were like in camps. Like, you had, uh-huh. you were a fan of Boys to Men or you were a fan of Jodeci. And I felt a lot of people were fans of Jodeci, obviously, for obvious reasons. But to me, I always respected the talent, and especially the quality of music that Boys to Men had, because I thought vocally they were superior to damn near everybody, you know? But End of the Road was such a huge song. Like, I just remember during that summer, when this soundtrack comes out and this movie comes out, one i remember hearing this song so much on the radio yep. and then two i remember seeing this video on bt or vh1 or like it's all the time being played over and over again it and did. yeah and so it was a huge as a matter of fact the song end of the road actually broke a record which was elvis's record for the consecutive weeks on spending number one on the u.s billboard hot 100 Mm -hmm. and the record stood a whole few months because then later on it was broken by whitney houston's i will always love you later on that year from the bodyguard soundtrack but this song is epic when you talk about the best songs from a group like the caliber of boys to men if you're doing a concert for boys to men Nine times out of ten, if they're closing now, this is probably a song they're going to close with. And uh, that says something considering the hits that they have. And they mm-hmm. got tons and tons of hits. This song is actually the song that served as the theme and the closing song for my senior prom. Oh. So, <laughs> you know? And so, what I remember is, after this song is being played, everybody in our class is singing that hook.
1: Oh. No... That's sweet for the graduation. End of the Y'all do the slow claps. <laughs> yes. On the let, let go. go. <laughs>
0: it's so natural. <laughs> like, we did that. We had people. I
1: belong to. I belong too. Like, you know,
0: we did all of that and so How sweet so that this song holds a special <laughs> place in my heart for that reason but in particular the song itself was wildly successful yeah and when you talk about like hey you're putting together hits for boys to men if they're putting together a show this is a concert concert closer right here so uh, yeah so those highlights obviously the obvious ones but then something else i wanted to sort of point to the song with Aaron Hall and Charlie Wilson. It's gonna be all right. Now, this is a little bit more uptown, it's more
1: new mm-hmm, Jack swing. It is.
0: And then Aaron Hall, you know, is you know, off of his career with Guy. He had been together with Guy. And I know a lot of people like to talk about, you know, the comparisons between Aaron Hall and R. Kelly, you know, how stylistically they're similar. But Aaron mentioned this in the track, how he said he called Charlie his mentor. And when you think about their vocal styles, they actually are very similar to each other. Aaron has a lot of the same vocal stylings that Charlie has. Has. And so when you're listening to it, it's just like to me, I'm like, oh, is that Aaron? Is that Charlie? And it's like, is that Aaron? Is that Charlie? But I thought it was really cool to be able to hear the two of them together on a track. Um, a little bit more of tempo for my liking, but it was cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a big, big problem with it. Another song by Johnny Gill. Shout out to Johnny Gill, DC native with There You Go. Um, one thing that Johnny can do, he can do a slow jam. He can do a slow song. Yes, um, he can. And it was perfect for this soundtrack. Hot Sex on a Platter by Tribe Called Quest. I was a huge Tribe fan back then. And this is right after the low end theory and then them getting ready to get to release the next year, Midnight Marauders, which to mm-hmm. me is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. But, yes. but for the most part, though, I mean, I don't really have a, a lot of high, low lights, but I do have to agree with you on your low lights. <laughs> I was not a fan of Seven Day Weekend by Grace Jones. Okay. I'm not really a big dance music fan, you know? So, like, and, and like, I mean when I listened to it it was just kind of like I need to skip this you know yeah. so, and then you know I do have to agree with you as well with Keith Washington because it's just like eh, I mean you got Johnny Gill on here you have Babyface singing already. It's like, why? You don't really need this here. Like, this is yeah. like, we don't need this. It's like, you know, you look inside the grocery sh- uh, cart. Somebody put something in the grocery cart. It's like, okay, do we need this or do we not need this? Do we really need this? No. Put it back on the shelf. You know? And that's what they should have done with this, I think. Just in my mind. You know? I mean, it's... Uh, uh. I could have done without it. Those two songs, I could have done without. But other than that, I mean, no really a big problem with Shanice's. Um, and Shanice will be big later on this year with I Love mm-hmm. Your Smile. And so, you know, she was starting to launch as well. I got to agree with you there on Feels Like Heaven with Kenny Vaughn and the Art of Love that perfectly placed in the movie. The song yes. just, you know, it, it's a really, really cool song. So those are my highlights and my lowlights. Um, the, one of the things that I think that I, that's great about this soundtrack is like I said. You talk about the the titles of the song, how they sort of correlate. That the reversal of the dog with your group TLC, with Tony, with Damien Dame, and with Highland Place Mobsters. So we're talking about hey, the reversal. It's sort of like we talked about the boomerang effect. Basically, Marcus getting done to him. What was all he always did to women? So mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it it really is just perfect. The reason how how it just correlates with it and correlates back to the movie. Final verdict. So, Charlie, what say you about Boomerang, the soundtrack? Now, we've... You talked about the movie, how it correlates back to it, but now thirty years later, you had a chance to listen to it, digest it. You've watched the movie a couple of years back, listened to the soundtrack. You've done something about it already, Mm -hmm. so just give us your feelings as far as a rating for this soundtrack. Is it a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in this time, or not a classic at all? And then, of course, that rating from seven to ten: seven, you don't feel as strongly about it, and ten, you feel very strongly about it.
1: So I had to think about this one because you know. my little nineties brain wants to be like, this is a classic. This is the greatest thing, blah, blah, blah. But, um, <laughs> I decided to call it a classic in its time. Mm. Um, mainly because it definitely is somewhat of a classic. It had some major, huge hits that stayed in the culture for a long time with Tony Braxton and Boys to Men and even PM Dawn. I decided to call it a classic of its time because when I was revisiting it this morning, listening to it, it is very much a 90s album, mm. and there's certain songs, for instance, Reversal of the Dog or even Give You My Heart or um, there's a couple other ones where you clearly know this is New Jack City in it's 90s, yeah. and that's great, but it's not something that you would hear today. Yeah. Um, also, while it was really, really big, I do tend to feel like – it is a often forgotten about album. Mm -hmm. When I did my episode about it, I was promoting it. I had a couple of people tell me, wow, they loved it so much when it came up, they forgot all about it. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that along with the movie, I think a lot of people have just forgotten about it. I don't think it's something that, the next generation and the newer generation out right now is really well aware of it. It's like, you kind of had to be there. It was major in the early 90s, the movie and the soundtrack. But I think that a lot of people have kind of slept on it. I think it's an underrated thing. So I yeah. think it was much bigger then. But I think when you talk to people and you ask people what were some of the best soundtracks, I think a lot of people people forget about it. I yeah. uh, mean, it was always like tops, maybe even number one. Yeah. top Definitely top five. But I think a lot of people have forgotten about it so I've decided you know what in the 90s major major classic today I think it's a little forgotten about yeah or maybe a lot forgotten about.
0: I feel like we, yeah, yeah I feel like we kind of had the same note because I have to agree <laughs> with you that this is a classic in its time. I do think, and I talk a lot about this with my co-host Jo, how we talk about how sometimes music sounds dated. Now that mm-hmm. new jack swing is great when you're having throwback parties when you're back yeah. in the '90s, but sometimes some of that stuff just sounds a little too dated you know so it's just like it's a little too old school and i I know that that may sound bad considering what this podcast is about but sometimes this stuff is just like you know uh, you know i think it was cool for back then but now i don't know if this is too popping even right now with some new jack swing stuff you can play and it'd be like Mm yo this is still the jam some stuff though you'd be like "Mm, i don't know about this
1: it's (laughs) true i mean to me when i think of a classic i think of something if you're in a party and somebody puts it on now everybody going be like hey you know yeah. I don't see a lot of these songs if you were to play them now I think a lot of people might be a little lost a little you know yeah. it, it may not to answer the second question was how strongly I felt about it I, I think it was in the 7-8 where I feel good about it but I had some reservations mm-hmm. I had some reservations because I do think Love Should Have Brought You Home and End of the Road are classic yes. I think those songs are classic I could hear those on the radio today people would still love them but the rest of the soundtrack I feel like is not as well-known particularly to newer generations and that's why i said we'll put it back in the 90s and I, like i said i feel bad saying it so yeah you know i feel good but i do have reservations i think some parts of it could be classic but other parts are, are very dated and then of course you have your filler songs and not everybody's gonna love but yeah but yeah uh, underrated Often forgotten about soundtrack, I think
0: underrated. Often oh, forgot about soundtrack, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Classic in its time for me as well. I feel as though, like you said, I I agree with you. Love should have brought you home and end of the road. I'll throw, I'll die, I die without you in there as classic tracks. I think those are songs that will be timeless. um I do think when you get into some of the other album tracks, the not the non singles they don't really match up with the height of these classic songs that you have on there. And it's not, not really even close to tell you the truth. I mean, no. like, like so, and that's really, you know, unfortunate considering the potential that this soundtrack had now, again, great job with tying in the themes from the movie into the titles and the themes of these songs. But I do have to say though, when you talk about soundtracks in the 90s like this is sort of like something that's kind of middle of the road because there were some great soundtracks that were released by great movies in the 90s mm-hmm. and so with this one, like you said, I think people will forget a little bit about some of these because then they'll reference oh, End of the Road, No Doubt, Love Should Have Brought You Home, No Doubt, Like Hot Sex, No Doubt even sometimes PM Dawn Yeah, No Doubt and then everything else is kind of like, mm, oh yeah I-, I remember that, but it's just sort of like something. Somebody has to remind you, you yeah. know. And with classics, yeah. nobody has to remind anybody. Right. So, so again, I think it was big back then. Um, but I think as time has gone on. Uh, the movie itself, Boomerang, while I think people remember a lot of the scenes, I think though the 90s though were chock of a lot of cult classics and a lot of soundtracks that were just as classic as well and that had the potential of really being groundbreaking. So then when you kind of get back in 30 years later, it's like, oh uh, yeah, You once you mentioned the, the movie and the soundtrack, like you said, a little bit underrated by some people and something that like you have to remind them to be like, yeah, of this soundtrack. Oh uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. It had, oh, dear that had End the Road on there. Oh yeah, I had love should have brought you home. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was great because it introduced the likes of Tony and what Tony would do I would say over the next three to four years was completely amazing and so mm-hmm. this was great for that respect but I do have to say Classic just in this time, I will say as well eight on that matter as well so yeah so i would say an eight for this classic in this time but i do think a few classic tracks on here but the rest of the tracks on here don't really rise to the level of those classics and sort of will they complement them well i mean i guess but you know again it's just something that i think that back then was hot but nowadays mm, you know might not be as hot so Mm
1: -hmm. but that's the
0: nature of it though
1: Yeah, I think that of the songs that weren't as hot, the way they used them in the movie was cool. Some of these, like I said, were just five, ten seconds used in a scene. That Mm -hmm. was great. But then to include them completely in the soundtrack, the whole song is not... Yeah. something that you really need to mm-hmm. listen to right. yeah. they're, they're using the movie grade for a soundtrack, eh, mm-hmm. you know not so much, not so much. Now, now I do have to mention one more song that I, I meant to mention before but before we go, it was a song that was not on the soundtrack, I'm sorry y'all mm-hmm. but when I saw it in the movie I <laughs> felt so in love with it and I wanted to know what it was and for years I couldn't find what it was and it wasn't until a couple years ago that I figured out what it was <laughs> there was a scene where, and I mentioned this on my own episode, so I may seem repetitive but there's a scene where they go to I think it was New Orleans on a business trip Marcus yep, and Jacqueline and, Jacqueline and, Marcus, and yep. they're in a club dancing and the song is actually called I Feel Like Funkin' It Up by the Rebirth Brass Band
0: Rebirth Brass Band, yep mm-hmm. They are
1: more popular now because of a TV show I think it was called Treme yeah, it's and that name. song might have been used as the theme song I remember that scene and you see them like Boot up. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's just kind of got this bop and it's this and I remember thinking, what is that? I loved that song, but it was never included on the soundtrack. So for years, I never knew what that song was and I couldn't find it because again, this is before the internet. And it wasn't until some five or six years ago, I saw it on TV. I was like, oh my God, that's the song. I figured out what it was. But the fact that they chose that for that scene And this was, you know, 20, oh, I'm sorry, 30 years ago so genius because it introduced me to that sadly it took me that long to figure out what it was I wish it was on the soundtrack so yeah. I would have known what it was because it's when I hear it it's so genius I, I don't know what you call it it's New Orleans jazz I guess
0: yeah Rebirth Brass Band is a huge huge group Matter um, yeah. of fact there's a few people that I know that are that love them that uh, song that you mentioned that was the mm-hmm. theme of Treme Treme yes. of course being another one of David Simon's shows David Simon from the wire who created the right. wire and also like life homicide on the streets rebirth brass band they really call it funky brass um, I know mm-hmm. people who like them trombone shorty so you know though that type of music is really like you know people jam with rebirth brass band and with trombone shorty so yeah, yeah. yeah. and I
1: had never heard of that or that sound but that I remember leaving the theater like what like I wanted to know what it was but I could not figure out what it was yeah. I'm sad that they did not include that on the soundtrack because yeah. that would definitely have been a highlight but it really really stuck with me so the score and the soundtrack did introduce me to some new stuff, and that is something that I really love of, if I walk away from any movie, introducing me to something new, then I'm like, ooh, wow, you know, what was that? But I I definitely would have been remiss if I I didn't mention that.
0: Good catch. That's definitely, I remember that's something that I definitely remember as well, but for some reason, just, you know, I kind of, I don't know whether I just glossed over it, but good catch there, Rebirth Bradspin. I feel like you? the theme to Treme, which was on mm-hmm. HBO for a few years afterwards. So very good catch. And I don't know if you know this, Charlie, but you know, Boomerang actually was recreated as a series on BET. They created you know. it. Yeah, they did. They did. It's, you know, it was supposed to be like a reimagining. Um, it's more so not really comedic. It's more so drama, I oh. guess you could say. It was um, it was renewed for a second season. But oh, this it recent. Yeah, but they only came on for two seasons. It was not renewed for a third season. But it mm. came on BET. I'm pretty sure you could probably find some of the reruns on there. But it was basically sort of based around, I guess, the same premise. Yeah. Um But, you know, it was more, less like romantic comedy and more romantic drama. Wow. Oh, <laughs> so, interesting. You know, yeah, so...
1: So somebody else was thinking about it besides just us. Yeah, okay. well,
0: it was produced it was produced by I believe the TV wall was um produced by Lena Waite and okay. um and also Halle Berry was an executive producer on it as well. so get out. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: so was. late. It was <laughs>
0: Well, don't worry, I, hey, listen, I caught on to it late as well, and I didn't know that it actually wasn't renewed for a third season, but it kind of makes sense. I can understand that though, but yeah. All based on the movie Boomerang Boomerang soundtrack. Make sure y'all go check it out. 30 years old this week. Make sure y'all go watch the movie if you haven't watched it yet. It is a great watch though. And if you're into classic black cinema from the last few years 30 to 40 years. Make sure y'all go check that joint out, man, and uh, let us know what you think about it. Hit us up on social media, and let us know what you think about the soundtrack, or you think we're on point, or you think we might be hating a little bit. I don't know. Go ahead and let us know. We'd be glad to hear what it is you want to say about it. But, Always, we want to make sure that we give props to our homegirl, Charlie D, from Word to the Mother podcast for joining us once again. Charlie, thank you so much. This was a blast. I said before we started, I was like, I don't think we're going to make it as long as we did the last time, and yet... Again, mm. here we are, but here you know, time flies when you're having fun and it was, it's always a blast sitting here talking with you. Now, before you get up out of here, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. I know that you've been taking a little bit of a break now, but folks can still go and Yay. check out your back catalog and check you out on social media So let people know where they can find you.
1: Just look for a word to the mother, mother spelled M U T H A. I'm on Podbean, uh, IG, Twitter, and Facebook, and keep you up to date on new episodes. I did do an episode on Boomerang, as well as Tony Braxton mm-hmm. and uh, Boys and Men, and it's been so much fun. Um, if you're a lover of 90s music, you definitely have to check it out. So jump know. on social media. I'm there.
0: There you go. And if you're a fan of the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast, You're definitely going to dig Word to the Mother podcast. I mean, it is really informational. There are things that Charlie says on those pods that things that I don't even know. And so (laughs) I end up learning a lot of things from her. And I love the format of her show. Not only does she highlight artists, she also highlights songs as well. Mm -hmm. So some of the songs on there, it definitely will give you a touch of nostalgia. So once again, Word to the Mother podcast, Charlie D. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to have you back again soon.
1: Thank you so much. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. So much fun.
0: All right. And there you have it. None other than Charlie D of the Word to the Mother podcast. Make sure y'all go check out her podcast as well. Anywhere where you can find podcasts. Go listen to it. Follow her on social media. Again, she has a dope, dope platform and has a great show with great topics. And of course, if you love this show, like I said before, I'm pretty sure you'll dig her podcast, too. So make sure y'all go follow her, check her out and support her show. And that's going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there, listen to the back catalog, leave us a review. In the bottom right-hand corner with the microphone shaded in blue, you can leave us a voice note. Go ahead click on that microphone to record one. Show us some love. Let us know what you think about the show. In the bottom left-hand corner with the coffee cup shaded in yellow, that's our Buy Me a Coffee page. You can go there to click on it and leave a small monetary donation to make sure we can continue keeping the vault open for years to come. Any little bit helps. We definitely appreciate it. You can also reach us on social media at vault classic pod on Instagram at vault classic on Twitter and on Facebook and YouTube. You can reach us at the vault classic music reviews podcast, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support, and if you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we would like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at
1: vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.